Welcome to MattNews.biz, uh, the podcast where we um, we're kind of shifting things around a little bit. We the, the show is really focused on just sharing thoughts and opinions, you know, that I hold, and and just sharing ideas and really learning. But uh, the show is going to kind of take a, a, a different turn, and we're going to be exploring more about um, Christianity in America. And are we doing that? Properly, and this is kind of the first uh, episode where I'm really diving into that. It's just something that's been on my heart uh, recently, and we're just really gonna just kind of dive right into it. So this episode is gonna be a little bit more somber, a little bit more, you know, um, reflective. It's just gonna be me kind of having this conversation with myself and just really thinking about the church today in America, and and are we doing a good job? And living that out for people and telling them that when you're when you accept Christ, you really are making a change. So uh, we're going to explore that kind of theme today in this episode, and I'm just going to uh, let it go. We're going to uh, just explore some Matt news. All right. So I know it's pretty late, um, and I just wanted to. Do, like I've been thinking about this uh, all day. Um, well, not all day, but half the day, most of the day. I've been thinking about this, and so I wanted to do a quick, uh, just podcast episode, quick thing. Um, I'm gonna throw it up on the podcast, but um, just wanted to throw it up on the, you know, on the website really quick, or or I just wanted to do a live stream really quick. I got my live stream privileges back from Facebook. That's why I haven't been able to stream on Facebook. Um, but here we are. Um, anywho, so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what it means when you hear people say that, like, when you accept Jesus, that just life just gets so much better. Um, and hold on a second. That, that life just gets so much better. Um, and what they'll follow that up with is that, you know, you're, um, you know, uh, when, when you give your tithes, your financing is going to get better um, and that you're going to feel free. Um, you're going to, uh, like, just life is just going to feel so much better. Life is just going to, things are just going to fall into place like they never had before. Um, and you're going to find your purpose, and you're going to find meaning in life, and they give all these reasons on why, on why, um, on, on, on why when you accept Jesus, your life is just going to get better. And that's what they say. You know, life is just going to get so much better. It's going to be so much better um, and, and a lot of times what we end up doing is, um, thinking that it means, that means like easier, you know, life is just going to get easier for us. Um, 
Hold on one second. I'm trying to uh, log into my little chat thingy here so that I can monitor my chat. And it logged out. Like everything of mine logged out here soon. Cars, cars. There's a car in that one. Verify. Uh, there's no more cars. I don't know what it wants me to do. Please. Huh? Okay, verify. Um, but, you know, I just got to thinking about that. You know, about Jesus just making your life better. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean that your life is just going to be better with Jesus? And I threw out this question the other day on my Facebook thing, and um, not a whole lot of people... Um, all right, it's not going to go through. But not a whole lot of people responded back, you know, and it's whatever, you know. Um, I know it's Facebook, and some people respond, some people don't. Um, especially if they don't care about it. Like if it's not about politics or it's not about something dramatic, you know, they usually don't respond. Um, a lot of my posts that like I post about like Jesus or religion doesn't get a whole lot of uh, response back from it. Um, but I posted, you know, what is it? What does it mean for Christianity to be a way of life? And what I meant by that is just what does it mean? Like when you follow Christ as a way of life, what does that mean? Um, and the reason I asked that question is because I've been, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, started reading a book by, um, Leo Tolstoy and it's called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is within you is what it's called. Um, Leo Tolstoy wrote crime and punishment. Um, he also wrote Anna Karenina, um, and well-known, uh, you know, Russian author, um, was bold, like uh, during like the 1800s, and uh, but he wrote this book, and it's supposed to be like his kind of um, belief system, uh, you know, uh, in Christianity, what he believes Christianity is, and he is teaching it not as a mystic religion, but as um, a way of life, and, and and that's the title, and so that got me thinking, like, what does it mean for Christianity to be a way of life, and. Uh, um, one of the things I've been seeing a lot lately is, uh, you know, with a lot of the churches that are around here in Tampa that, that are popping up, a lot of them are non-denominational. Um, a lot of them are part of, uh, not a lot of them, but like, you know, some of them are part of the ARC um, Association, um, or they're really big into the New Apostolic Movement, but they're really big on healing conferences. They're really big on baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're really big on spiritual gifts. Um, and so when, when they, uh, and so what I'm thinking is, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, is that when they say things such as Jesus just makes your life better, what they mean is tapping into the supernatural skill and ability set. That's what they mean. You'll, you'll be able to tap into the supernatural and that's going to make you, that's going to, that's going to make your life better because you'll be closer to God. And, um, and so, you know, when I was part of that, that kind of, you know, the, those kinds of churches, the ones that, you know, were really big on, uh, um, 
spiritual gifts, uh, healing and things like that, you know, like I, I really prayed for that kind of stuff to happen, you know, and uh, they will say, you know, they'll say like my skepticism got in the way, um, you know, but when I was praying for those things, I was very open to it. And I was saying, God, you know, because I've heard stories of people being skeptical anyway, and then, you know, God just kind of making it happen, you know, God making it happen to show them uh, that it's true. Um, but me, you know, like I, I pray for that kind of stuff and um, nothing ever happened except that, you know, like the, I felt, I feel like the spirit pressed upon me scripture, you know, um, that really helped me get through those times of not, like, you, you know, not gaining those functions, you know. Um, but after reading, especially um, two kind of philosopher people, um, but but Rene Girard and Leo Tolstoy, really reading them has gotten me to think more about Christianity as a way of life. And what I mean by that is a way on how you behave. Because I feel like, yes, the Bible addresses spiritual matters, and it addresses this spirituality and this mystic, you know, kind of... Uh, um, uh, mysticism, you know, you you have those elements in there, the these spiritual elements, these um, mysteries that happen. You have those elements in there, but when you get into writing such as Paul and even Peter and James, it's more about how you are acting. The Old Testament is a lot about the history of the Jewish people up until the point of Jesus. And then the Gospels, you have the story of when Jesus comes and him correcting the behavior of the religious people that were in that day, in that period. And then the rest of the New Testament, you have like the Acts of the Apostles and things of that nature. Um, you know, those are also history as well of the church, the early church movements and things. But then you have the epistles, which are directly... Um, directly related to the way that churches were acting and those, and the correction of those churches or the admonition of those churches. And so I, I think that that is more important, you know. I think that that's what it means to be a Christian, you know, as a way of life. And it's not, and, and, and it, it's hard for me to say that it's more important, but like, what, you know, what was Jesus concerned about? You know, Jesus was, you know, when he was around, what was he concerned about? He was concerned about the way that, that people's relationship with God was, but how that overflowed out to people. That's what Jesus was concerned about when he came on earth. And that's what he really tried to correct within the Jewish people. And so what we what we tend to have now within you know the the, the um, church now is you have people who hold classes that are to teach you how to you know uh, uh, connect with the spirit and get over. Um, you know, your addictions, your habits, and things like that. And a lot of them are just, you know, a lot of, a lot of it's just, like, 
whatever, you know, um, and, and we're so concerned about ourselves and that we are being holy. However, you know, we're not going out and we're not helping our community. We're not going out, you know, we're not going out and, and really making a huge, um, impact. We do events, you know, we'll go out with our church group, you know, uh, and we'll pass out bags of food to the homeless, but that's not like a normal thing that we do. It's like a, just this thing that happens every month. We go out and we'll pass out food to the homeless, but the homeless people in your community don't, don't know that they can come to you anytime and, and, and receive the love of Christ. They don't expect that. Half of them probably don't even remember what church you go to. And by church, I mean building. Um, but that got me, but, but, but what I was thinking about today was that, that statement, you know, that God, that Jesus makes your life better. That if you accept Jesus in, in your heart, he'll make your life better. But why is that? Is that because of, you know, when you get Jesus in your heart, you're going to, you know, start speaking in tongues and have all these spiritual gifts and things like that? Or is it something different? Is it something else? And what I thought about was the way that we interact with each other. Because when you become a Christian, your heart should change and you should be more compassionate to each other. And so I want to read this story. Um, I want to read this story out of the New Testament. And everybody, you know, it's been read before. Um, it's not new. It shouldn't be new. So let's read it. It's in Acts. Uh, we'll start in chapter 2. Chapter 2. But we'll start in verse um, 37. So, so Peter is preaching to... Um, the diaspora, you know, and the Jewish people in in Jerusalem, you know, during Pentecost. And uh, so he's out and he's preaching, right? And this is what he says, starting in verse 37. Now, when they heard this, talking about the crowd that was gathered around him of Jews, mostly made up of Jews. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do they were cut to the heart, so their heart was changing. And they asked, What shall we do? What shall we do with this heart change? And Peter said to them, Repent, change the way that you think, repent, turn back toward God and away from your sinful nature. And and Peter's the gist of Peter's sermon was that you guys, the Jews, you guys are responsible for the death of Jesus and his blood is on your hands. That was the gist of Peter's sermon. So he's saying repent from the actions, repent from the things that caused you to deny the Messiah. Repent from your wickedness and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and, 
and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and he continued to exhort exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his words were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Let's continue in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. So they were they were they dedicated themselves to you know the teachings that they got from the apostles, and they also dedicated themselves to gathering together, fellowshipping, remembering Christ's sacrifice, and praying. Then in verse forty three it says, "And awe came upon every soul." And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And, and, and that's where a lot of people stop and they, they, they focus on the, that. They focus on, you know, see those things that they had, those signs and wonders, and they were happening through the apostles. And there was just, um, and God was just breaking loose. But in verse 44, it says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing and and distributing the proceeds to all as as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, I say this because one of the one of the points that that um, Leo Tolstoy makes in his book. Um, the kingdom of God is within you. Um, let me actually pull it up. I, I put I put a quote out on my Facebook page. Um, he actually quotes another book that um, he says isn't published, but I found a book on Amazon, but I don't know if that's actually the the book that came out. Um, but he but but Leo Tolstoy in his book, The Kingdom of God is Within You, he quotes another book that's called um, I want to say it's like the Net of God. I'll, I'll, I'll see it here in a couple seconds. Um, oh, my internet. Oh, my internet. Oh, maybe I put it on my personal page. Hold on. We'll get to it. Don't, don't lose, don't lose me two viewers. Don't lose me, Nikki. I know it's one of you is Nikki. The net of faith, that's what it's called. So uh, Leo Tolstoy, he quotes the net of faith, and he says, Christ, by means of his disciples, caught in his draw net, his net of faith, the whole world, but the larger fish, tearing the net, jumped out of it, and through the holes uh, which these larger fish had made, all the others went away, and the net was left almost empty. And then Leo Tolstoy adds this. He says, the large fish that broke through the nets are the rulers, emperors, popes, kings, uh, who, in not renouncing their power, did not accept Christianity, but its semblance only. So what is uh, what is Leo Tolstoy saying here? Leo Tolstoy is saying that you have these big fish, right? In the, and, and, and they're caught up in this big net of faith. And so Jesus calls all these people in this big net, right? But you have bigger fish that have a lot of power, they have a lot of money. They have a lot of wealth. They have a lot of um, influence over people. 
And those are big fish. And what they do is they take on the semblance. They take on the image of Christianity. But then what do they do with it? What do they do with that image of Christianity? Oh, second, I'm deleting all these comments here because... I love you, dude, but you got to grow up sometime. Um, where are we at here? Oh. So in, in Jesus' net of faith, he captures all these people. And the, the bigger fish, they take on the semblance of Christianity. They take on the semblance of faith. They take on the image of Christianity. But then what do they do with that? And they, the, one, the one thing they don't do is they don't relinquish the power and the wealth. They don't do what happens in Acts 2, which is uh, sell their possessions and belongings and distribute the proceeds to all. You know, and I have a lot of libertarian friends, and I'm a libertarian myself. And, uh, you know, that it, uh, well, that's communism. But see, the, the, the thing is, is, some might not say it because some might be might be smart enough to understand, you know, that um, communism and, and socialism is where the where uh, uh, morality um, and wealth and the distribution of wealth is forced upon them by a, a governing force, a governing body forces all that forces. Um, you to do that distribution of wealth. But what I'm talking about here, and what I think the Bible talks about here, is that your heart is changed, and it's a voluntary a voluntary distribution of wealth, redistribution of wealth. And so you have these, um, you know, and Leo Tolstoy's point is, and, and what uh, I believe, uh, and I can't remember the author of The Net of Faith, I think it's... Uh, uh, Chelsecki, what his point is, is that these big fish do not relinquish their power and they do not relinquish, relinquish the wealth that they have um, and they keep it for themselves. And so when I think of, when I think of what Christianity does that'll make you better, that will make your life better is if you're poor and you're in need, you should should have a community that is willing to help you whenever that happens, whenever that, that need arises. They should be there to help you and assist you. And you should want for nothing because that community is there for you. And, and the reason is, and the reason is, is because that community, let's say you have somebody who is super wealthy, their heart has changed and they see somebody who's not wealthy and they cannot stand the fact that they are in need they are struggling in their life. Um, 
and they want to share the wealth that they have. And I think, you know, I, I think that that, I think that that's something that's lacking in our, in our churches today is this changing of hearts, this changing of our um, way of thinking. <clears throat> we don't have that. You know, and I'm speaking from somebody who's on that poor spectrum, or at least what I feel like is the poor spectrum. Like, I know I live in a first world country and stuff, you know, um, but sometimes sometimes you just feel like you're under the thumb of someone who claims Christianity, who claims to be someone of faith. And what they do is they press their thumb down and they tell you things like, I, I just I want um, I just expect more from you. I want to push you and make you better, but what they're saying is I want you to perform better for me. I want you to perform better and care about the things that I care about. And then you go back and what are the things that you care about? Well, I care about, you know, my money and my investments. And they press that thumb down on you. And you're supposed to just be okay with that because, well, they pay your light bills. <clears throat> but see, if, if we had true Christian community, then our life would be better and we wouldn't have to worry about that. We would be able to say, hey, you know, instead of that thumb being pressed down and saying, I expect your performance to be better, they would expect your... Um, heart to be better. They would expect you to do things, you know, to the best of your ability, but they would also um, expect your just morality to be better. They would expect your um, demeanor to be better. They would expect your devotion to be better. And if they saw that you were in need <clears throat> they would help that. But we don't have that right now. We don't have a Christian community. Like, like, like if, if you have a church, right, and your church starts a, a, a class where you pay $47 to learn how to get kick your habits, you know, like that's like like for me that's like that's information that I have that I know that can help you grow in your walk with Christ and 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 you can see freedom in that and I'm charging you money for it. And I could tell you that well, you know, it's going to go to the church, church is a nonprofit, however like your salary comes from that church. You know, and, and some of these Pastors that are out here in the community have salaries that are just so exuberant and ridiculous. And 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 they live in a $300,000 home, you know, and you're struggling to pay $600 worth of rent. 
and you work for them. I don't work for them now, you know, but you work for them and you're struggling and you have to go and the advice you get is to, well, why don't you go out and get a second job? I don't see you going out and getting a second job. And I know you're supposed to do all the things without complaining, but it's like that, but that, but that's the, that's the gap that we have in our Christian community. And again, you can't legislate morality. You can't dictate morality. But if, you're, if your heart is truly changed and you have the Holy Spirit that lives within and dwells within you, should you not feel compassion for that person who works underneath you <clears throat> and say, how, how is Matt doing? Oh, Matt's struggling? Matt... Um, Matt's having a hard time paying his bills. How much is Matt's salary? Maybe we should look at increasing that because we are a church. Hey, um, there, you know, the people who live in our surrounding area, you know, we have a church that's in, um, that's, that, that's in a neighborhood and, and about a mile down the road, from that neighbor, from 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 that from our church location. This is me speaking hypothetically about just a church, right? <clears throat> you have a church that's in some kind of city limit, and that in that city there's some rundown part of your neighborhood, right? There's some rundown neighborhood, and you've got a church where the building is literally worth over a million dollars, and their house. They probably couldn't even sell it for thirty thousand, the house of property. And we're not going out there day in and day out and trying to help them uh, fix their house, fix their utilities, make their house more efficient, anything like that. And so let me let me ask you and let me challenge you: Is when somebody comes to know Jesus Christ through your congregation and you tell them your life is going to be so much better when you know Jesus, is it really? Is it really? And I think it's just human fault, and we allow our human fault. We allow, we allow our um, Americanism to get in the way. We allow our our idea of capitalism to get in the way, especially as libertarians. I think we do that, you know, where um, we don't want to condemn people making profit, but you know, we don't want to condemn them for 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 making the profit. But we don't also don't want to tell them like, hey, you know, if you profess Christ, maybe you should <clears throat> maybe you should think about not, you know, keeping. You know, or, or 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 lowering your salary or something. You know, maybe you should think about it. At least consider it, because you profess Christ, and you have people working underneath you who can barely afford to pay rent. And that's why the American church today, I think, is such a joke. And that's why people look, that's why you have atheists and people on the outside who look at churches and they scoff because what we want to do in our churches today is we want to have 
classes on how you can speak in tongues and uh, speak prophecy. And we want to charge people on how you can know the Bible better, you know, with our Bible colleges. And we ask people for money to do that, and that money goes back into the the spending budget of the these various ministries, you know, that really only cater to the the people who can um, give you money to do things. You got uh, youth camps, you know. Sure, you have a benevolence ministry sometimes that will pay for youth like one or two youth to go on a youth trip. But the fact of the matter is, is that kids have to pay to go on a youth trip. You know, and sure, well, it pays for the cost. You know, but I mean, how much money are you spending for your next women's conference? Or your, or how much are you spending to have a guest speaker come at the end of the month? The end of the year, we got to pay for, you know, Bill Johnson to come and do a healing service for us. You know, how much does that cost? We got to have, you know, so-and-so set up their booth so they can sell their books and come and speak as a guest speaker how much are you paying for that guest speaker to come and speak at your church instead of paying for like five kids to go to a youth trip and grow closer into the community that you built? Or take that, let's just say $2,000. That's cheap for a speaker. I mean, most of these speakers are getting paid like ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 to come and speak at a church and sell their books and make more money off of that book. You know, or tell you that their book is going to, the proceeds for that book is going to go and, you know, do something else. But, I mean, you take that ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, you know, you have somebody who's uh, struggling to, you know, or like their, their AC's broken and they can't pay the $2,000 for a brand new unit but that's what, what it needs. They can't even pay the $87 to have the guy come out and look at it. But you don't know that. You don't know what your church congregants are going through. Or let, let's just say you don't even know what your community, whether they go to your church or not, is going through. You know, you've got people, um, there's a guy that lives in Plant City, and he goes around and he, um, he'll, he'll see... Um, like notices where houses are being condemned for like their yard and stuff, you know, or they're being uh, slapped with fines because of their, because of their yards, you know, but they like the people that live inside are so elderly that they can't even go out and mow their own grass, you know, or they're disabled and they can't mow their own grass. And what he'll do is he'll just, he'll, he'll mow the grass, take the notice and take it to the court, you know, and I don't know how legal that is or, um, if he can even do anything about it. But I mean, like, just to take that initiative, like, like just to take that initiative upon himself to walk around the neighborhood and say, hey, what can I actually help you with? Instead of being an 
opportunist and when a storm comes, we're going to help people. We're going to help people clean up their yards during the storm. It's like, why don't you help people clean up their yards throughout so that they don't have to clean up the yards after the storm? You know? I think when when we say that your life is going to be better after you get after you know Christ, it should be because you're part of a community that really cares about you. And you're like, man, what do these guys have? What what's different about these guys? And that's when you share the word and you get deeper in the word with them. And then their heart changes even more. And they don't hate people anymore. They're not politically driven anymore. They could care less whether somebody's a Republican or a Democrat. You know, just because somebody's gay, they're not gonna they're not gonna look at that person and and not even ask them how they're doing. They're gonna the first thing they're gonna think about is, you know, what, oh, they're homosexuals. And then feign love for them. Feign concern for them. And they're out, you know, fishing every weekend, paying two, three hundred dollars a month for a boat club. You know, and you got people who are struggling to pay two or three hundred dollars a month to pay, you know, for their electricity or their, you know, gas bill or their uh, rent or whatever it is. Two or three hundred dollars that they could save a month, you know, and, and buy a new air conditioner or buy a new car or, you know, get a new door on their house because the, the door that they have has so many, uh, leaks around the seal, you know, that their, their electric bill is $300 because their AC can't, uh, maintain a, a 74 degree house, you know, they can't afford the fuel, you know, to put in their lawnmowers to mow their grass. So when we say things like Christ is going to make your life better, do you mean it when you tell it to your congregation? Does the does the spirit like like in, like in Acts two? Are you cut to the heart, and are you asking what should I do? What does this mean for me? That Jesus died for my sins, and He paid for my trespasses. What does that mean for me? What what can I do? And if repenting isn't changing the way you, you think completely, did you even repent? Did you even turn from your wicked ways? Or are you still, you know, 
doing the same old thing that you're doing and trying to promote yourself and promote your own ambitions. And it's not to say that every ambition you have that is self self-seeking and self-promoting is bad necessarily. Like I want to write a movie, you know, I want to make a movie. I was talking to, to Nikki today and I was telling her like I pray that if let's let, that that if I am able to make the movie that I'm writing that I can pay my crew a nice wage. That yeah, I can make a little bit of money off of it. You know, and that'd be great. But man, I want to be able to pay my crew a wage, a nice wage. And if I get a lot of proceeds, it'd be great to yeah, I'd be able to make a second movie. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. It'd be so much fun. But to make so many proceeds that like I can actually do something within a community. That's what I wanted to share today. Um, I don't know how long this is. I can't see the comments. You know, I can only see like some of the comments on Facebook and stuff. Um, but like, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think we need to really consider. I really, I really think that two writers that that people need to read is Rene Girard. Rene Girard really cuts to the heart of when we. Um, when we uh, look at each other and we're envious of what each other has, you know, or, or, and what we do, we end up scapegoating people. Like he, he, he deals a lot with uh, mimetic rivalry. It's, it's, it's a whole term. It's, it's basically um, seeing people as rivals. Um, mimetic desire, which is what I was saying, like you desire what the other person has, um, and it causes you to um, hate them, you know. Um, and then scapegoating, you know, which is where, uh, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. You, you throw people under the bus, you know, or you... Uh, seek after their sacrifice. You sacrifice them, you know. Like I feel like I still feel like Trump was a big scapegoat, you know. Um, Anti-vaxxers are a big scapegoat. Vaccine and the whole vaccine debate is a is a huge lesson in, in mimetic rivalry. Um, and then also Leo Tolstoy because what he talks about with uh, anti or, or nonviolent resistance. Uh, so many Christians, I think, are, are, are you know, um, like I'm not anti-gun, but I think if we were Christians, we wouldn't, you know, if we were, you know, as Christians, um, as Christians, we, we, you know, what we would want is a society without guns. That's what we would, we should desire that. You know, but we're too caught up in being American and being pro 2A, you know, that we can't. Um, but again, that's something you can't legislate. You can't legislate people give up their guns. But what you can do is as a Christian, say, you know, 
what do I need a gun for? And a lot of people will point back to like the Old Testament, you know, like that, you know, they, they, you know, defended and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, God also punished them a lot. God also drove them out of the promised land. Because they followed their own wicked ways. I'm just wondering how Christian are Christian Americans. And and I and I look at myself today. You know, how Christian Christian am I? And a lot of people will say, you know, you know, well, it depends on how much you read your Bible, it depends on if you speak in tongues, it depends on uh, if you can if you speak in prophecy every every Christian should be able to speak prophecy and speak in tongues and have spiritual gifts and so on and so forth. But, you know, um, we'll do prayer vigils, you know. Yeah, man. Anyways, uh, that's that's going to be it for today, man. Uh, this is... Um, this is probably going to be episode 40. Yeah, I put it on my thing. Episode 40 of uh, mattnews.biz. Make sure to tune in. Um, subscribe on uh, most most podcasting platforms. We're on Stitcher. We're on. Um, we're not on Spotify. Um, I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, definitely check us out. Um, give us a listen. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Whatever it takes. Um, rate us on uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts because that helps you know get seen more um, because for some reason, iTunes and Apple is like where, um, you know, algorithms look to see whether something's popular or not, you know, um, and feel free to send me an email at mattnews.biz at gmail.com. Um, you can also visit my blog, uh, at mattnews.biz. You literally just type in mattnews.biz. It'll take you to my blog. Um, I haven't wrote it up for a while, but I plan on start, hopefully starting to kick back up again. Um, and talking more about Matt news, um, and this is kind of what I want Matt News to be about. I want Matt News to be about um, doing li- living out Christianity as a way of life and not just some mystic religion, but a- an actual way of life and asking the questions in our you know in our media in our news today like are are we living that out and what are Christians concerned about? You know, are they actually concerned about Christian values? You know, so that's what I want this podcast uh, to become. And I want that to be a big conversation in, in every churches. Are we acting as Christians? Um, I love you guys, and I hope you join me next time as we explore more Matt News. See you guys.